Hello and welcome back to another episode of On Screen with Brett and Ryan. Yeah, got it that time. We definitely didn't do that before. So, Ryan, how has your week been? Uh, it's been all right. I've not really done anything, to be fair. Yeah. It's been pretty boring. I'm very bored. (laughs) Can't wait to get back to it. Yeah. How's your week been? It's been all right, actually. Yeah, I met a friend on Thursday. Mm. And on Wednesday, I did an interview with... um, the ex-drummer of Block Party, if you know that band. I've heard of them, yes. Yeah. God, look at you doing work outside of uni. Oh, I know. That, what that a was... loser, am I oh. right? <laughs> oh, cheers, mate. No, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. I should probably have that pull sent my finger my... out. <laughs> have that sent to my birthday card in about two weeks. <laughs> you loser. <laughs> yeah, when you're really old in two weeks. I'm not going to be up. 22 is still young. <laughs> It's bloody old, mate. Taylor Swift has a song about it. I know. Well, hang on, when are you 22, by the way? Uh, November. <laughs> oh, I see. Mr. Mr. 22 in November. I'm young and cool, Brett. So am I. I'm young and young. hip in the old November birthday. Mate, you could probably break your hip. <laughs> I mean, yeah, my body yeah. is a mess generally. But that's not the point. Okay. Mentally, I am at least forty-five years old. So anyway, <laughs> go on. What were you going to say? Uh, for context, um, imagine David Mitchell from Peep Show, as in Mark <laughs> Corrigan, and that's sort of the ballpark we're working in here for Ryan. Yeah. Imagine. I would say. Imagine if Mark Corrigan from Peep Show, Nick Miller from New Girl, mm. and then the, the sarcasm of Jeff Winger from Community all rolled all, into one, <laughs> all merged and somehow created a child. I'm that child. Like some sort of grief cocktail. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and mm. that is my personality, which I think everyone who knows me will agree is pretty fun for them. Yeah. So. And not at all depressing. Anyway, on a lighter note, uh, <laughs> what have you been watching this week, Ryan? Oh, good, good question. Um, I've started watching Succession. Oh, good stuff. I've watched all of it. It's great, isn't it? Yes, I'm on. I just I started watching it the other day, and I'm on episode nine of se- series one. Oh, the last episode is an absolute cracker. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things. But yeah, it's one of them that's been on my list of things to watch mm. for a while. Yeah. Uh, film-wise, actually, I think the main one I watched, I'm going to talk about in my bonus episode, I think. Okay. My hastily unplanned bonus episode. Yeah. And then... TV, last night I watched the first two episodes of Ted, Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Apple TV Plus series. That was quite good, actually. I enjoyed mm. it. Yeah, we talked about this um, 
off air as we say in the business um yeah yes in in the business which in the insinuates business. that this is in any way a professional effort semi-professional yeah. well maybe not even that well sometimes sometimes, sometimes. yeah when we yeah. pull our finger out yeah yeah we just yeah. have to say that they'll get better when we're allowed in the same room again which will be soon so, yeah coming to a uh podcast platform near you yeah probably the one you're listening to this episode on if probably, anything yeah if you're still listening by then well you know one or two yeah right what were you gonna say about ted, ted lasso <clears throat> oh i haven't seen it yet but i will do uh yeah. but what have i been watching this week i have been i've watched uh a tv show on all four called back with uh yes robert webb and david mitchell which i haven't oh. hadn't seen when it came out ah oh, i saw that when it came also the same guy who made succession yeah so jesse armstrong i believe yeah simon blackwell as well i think mm. yeah and it is fantastic it's so funny mm. only did the one down. series though which is a shame no they're bringing a series too they just have to finish filming i think are they? Oh, get yeah. in. They've get got like in. they only had like a few scenes left to film before COVID struck, and then. Oh, right. There's so a big gap between the series because it came out in 2017, didn't it? Yeah. Unlike you know something like Peep Show, which came out like nearly every year, probably. Yeah. I think it was pretty like nearly every year. It was like a break at some point, but. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been watching that, and film-wise, what have I watched? I've watched. I don't think I've actually watched any films apart from the one we're talking about today. Uh, this week, hmm. so I've been quite lax on that. Hmm. Interesting. To be fair, I've basically I've not been able to watch as much as I'd like recently because yeah. cricket is on throughout the day. Uh, and your dedication and then, to your other podcast. Yeah, and then in the evening, there's been Champions League football on. So. Yeah. Yeah, so Busy I've neg- neglected films a little bit, mm. but I've just been attacking cheese and onion crisps instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. I also, I've, I've also watched Hamilton about three times since it came out. I don't okay, know if that was. I still haven't seen it, but I don't know if that was in the gap between sort of the last time we recorded to now but i have seen it three yeah. times and i when don't think i've that? spoken about it what last the recording time. like two weeks ago yeah the last roughly yeah around there yeah should we move on to the main talking point of the episode i think we should do you do you want to tease it <sighs> I mean, I could, but I'd probably just explode and just gush about this film. But, you know. Right. We are talking, I mean, it's in the title of the podcast, but we are talking about Ryan Johnson's film, Knives Out. Yay. Woo. Came out last year? Yeah. 2019, for context. Mm. And... It's recently been put on Amazon Prime video. 
In the UK. In the UK, yeah. So we thought that we would talk about it, and we're both very excited because it's great. There's a spoiler. It's bloody great, and that is very much reflected in the scores I have given it. I may just spoil now. All my scores are tens, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've still not. I've still not got the heart to give anything a ten yet. Like, Ooh, pe- I do. Pe- people were lucky that Paddington Two was a bonus episode and didn't get rated. Mm. Otherwise, tens would have been frequent. So, should we give a brief synopsis? Also. We should, we should point out now, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Knives Out, then there is going to be some massive spoilers. We're going to spoil the entire thing. So go and watch it. Come back and listen to this after you've seen it, as you will enjoy Knives Out more without the whole thing being spoiled for you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. What's it about, Brett? What's it about? Well, it's a murder mystery. It is... Best way to explain it is... A rich family. They get together for a party. And this sort of figurehead of the the family, who's a crime writer, he dies. And then a detective's writing to find out who did it. Yeah. Does that sort of properly? Yeah, that's 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 yeah. Without you know saying too much at this time, that is yeah. the crux. Yeah. Shall I read you some names? Mm. Also, just I try to keep things spoiler free on my notes. Oh no! No, we're know... going. We're oh, going all in. We're going, Brett. That. Well, it's when have we, we only do non-spoilers for the bonus ones. Okay. No, I've gone all in. All right. Just saying. And it will be spoiled for you if you haven't seen it. So that's your warning. That's your second warning. Three strikes and you're out. Yeah. Shall I go through the cast? Go for it. As I can hear listeners say, who's in it? Who's in this, this film you like so much that make me watch it? Oh, Daniel Craig, yes please. Chris Evans, thank you. And I'm not going to do that for everyone. <laughs> Anna de Armas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Christopher Plummer, Catherine Langford, Jaden Martell, and oh, actually Noah Sigan, and then Frank Oz, aka Yoda. Yoda's in this film slash Miss Piggy imagine not liking that cast you'd have to have like a heart of stone not to it's got everything it's got a mix of like your current big names like Daniel Craig and Chris Evans Mm. and then it's got your old big names like Don Johnson Jamie Lee Curtis, Christopher Plummer, and then it's got your underrated names, Tony Collette, Michael Shannon, Lakeith Stanfield, and then it's got your future, your future big dogs, 
like Jaden Martell and Catherine Langford. It's got mm-hmm. everything. This film has everything. And we are going to talk about that now. <laughs> Don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, I, I was waiting for sort of like a payoff. No, not okay. everything's a payoff. This is very much tantric broadcasting. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. And there's no real conclusions. So, we're going to do the rating system that we have done for the past... I think we've done it for four films. Lady Bird, Oceans, Eleven, Love Wedding Repeat, and... The other one we did. Can you not remember it? No. <laughs> what? I can. I'm just uh, I'm just playing with you. It was Jurassic Park, and that was about two weeks ago, which shows how awful my memory is. The possibly one of my favourite films is certainly in the top twenty mm. of all time, and I just forgot it existed for a brief second. I think maybe you should talk more, as that would stop me from. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll take over. You know. Uh, so what we're we doing first? Uh, acting, I think. Okay, well that's an easy one because everybody is hitting it with both barrels. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, do you want me to go into any specific character? Uh. I think the main I have in all capitals in my notes Daniel Craig's accent. So yeah. Daniel Craig in this has a very specific accent. Do you want to reveal now what accent that is, right? Uh well I think Chris Evans summed it up best in the film. Can I say it? Well, was... Oh do you want do you want to take yeah. it? Yeah. You wanna steal my lines, do you? Go on. CSI then. KFC. Yeah, that was a pretty good line, to be fair. That did make me laugh. It was very funny. And that is also the best description. He also says, with your leghorn, foghorn, southern drool, which is also a good way of summing it up. To be Mm. fair, his accents, I would would genuinely, I would watch another ten films of Daniel Craig playing this character. Just for the the sequel. You know, they are so indeed. Yeah. But I, I would watch another 10 films of just him doing the accent. Mm. It's just great. I love it so much. What's brilliant is in the beginning when they're um, interviewing suspects, he's just sat in the background and you sort of notice him, but he doesn't say anything. Mm. And then when you do see him and then he says what he says, it's such a shock, but in a good way. Yeah, all of his lines are great. Like, I don't think he has a line in the film which isn't just incredible. His name's incredible in the film as well. Oh yeah, but Benoit. Ben, Benoit Blanc. Yeah, classic. Which is very sort of um, Agatha Christie, which is yeah. sort of what this is based on, like them sort of old Miss Marple or is that yeah. Miss Marple or, or um, Poirot? Poirot. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's heavily inspired by that, mm. I would say. I think, as you said, everyone is pretty on form, I would say. I do have here in my notes, Chris Evans plays a wonderful shit house in this film. 
He does literally tell people to eat shit at one point. He does. <laughs> Which is brilliant. And it's great. Oh, he's so good. Mm. And he also he doesn't appear for quite. This is like this is your third and final spoiler warning. If you haven't left by now, then I am assuming something is wrong with you and you enjoy spoilers. But yeah, like he doesn't appear until about forty-five minutes into the film, like properly. Like there's flashbacks and stuff, but and that's a pretty bold move to whack Captain America in your film. And then go, yeah, he's not That's rocking American. up for ages. Deal with it. <clears throat> I will say, I think probably the best performance was uh, Anna de Armas. If I've butchered yes, her name, I, agree with that. I do apologise. But yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that, especially the um, scene in the study upstairs where she yeah. realises she's given him the wrong yes medication and you see in her eyes you can just see well that, that seems... right there is like one of the best dramatic performances of the year like i agree right that there. seems really interesting because that's probably the first scene that we see of her character and christopher Plummer's character actually interacting yeah and that's like what 20 minutes in half an hour in 15 20 minutes yeah yeah. So it's like, but it's also the biggest plot point of the film. Mm. And I think Ryan Johnson said that without that scene working as well as it did, then the film wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Because it is this big emotional scene, but it's also the first time they're in a scene together. Mm. So they had to. Like it shows you the sort of strength of their performance mm. that they were both that good in such a pivotal scene, and they had to establish that connection like straight away. Yeah, she's essentially it's, the main character of the film. If you think about it. Yeah, she is the sort of the the, the main centerpiece. Yeah, and she's really good. She's yeah. really good. I think she was nominated for a Golden Globe, I believe, for, I think so was Daniel Craig. Mm. Because I know the film got nominated for an Oscar for Best Writing. Mm. But I think it got a few Golden Globe nominations, and I think her and Daniel Craig were two of them. Well-deserved, I would say. Mm. They were both very good. Mm. Another thing I'd like to sort of point out is during the interviews in the beginning, near the beginning, mm. which sort of establishes who you sort of think the characters are and their sort of um, back the back and forth between interviews and stuff. Yeah. There's, like, quite a nice scene where <clears throat> Tony Collette's character mm. realises who Daniel Craig is, sorry, Benoit Blanc is, and she's like, oh, yeah, I read a tweet about you. And then it cuts slides to the next scene, and it's um, Jim Lee Curtis. And she's like, oh, I read the New, York, New Yorker article about you. Mm. So just like that little that little thing there is like showing Tony Collette's character is very sort of surface level. Yes. And Jim Lee Curtis is the one who actually bothered to read the article, and she's very clearly yeah. informed. Whereas More Tony highbrow. Yeah. And Tony Collette's character is very vapid. 
That's yeah. sort of a nice little touch, I think, sort of like establishing who these characters are in a very sort of sort of way without saying yeah. all the motivations. I think another way they do that is through uh, when they uh, say where Marta is from and they mm. all say a different country. It's like, yeah, that tells you a lot about their character when they're yeah. just basically naming places in South America that she could be from without yeah. anyone actually knowing. Yeah. Should we should we do directing and writing together, as yeah. it is written and directed by the same person, Ryan yeah, Johnson? Yeah. So we'll because I've got loads. Actually, we'll do a score for acting. Well, what are you giving acting at a ten? Ten. He's giving it ten. Yeah, I've got to. It's his scenes. I gave it an eight because I okay. refuse to give things a ten unless they are perfect. AKA Paddington Two. Yeah, oh, you weak. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to mention it in every episode. That's the that's my thing, right? We'll we'll give different scores for directing and writing, but we will talk okay. about them together. Right. It's interesting you mentioned the scene where Benoit Blanc is in the background mm. of sort of the interview because I noticed. Uh, let me find it in my notes. When he sat behind uh, Lakeith Stanford's character, Lieutenant Elliot during that sort of initial interview stage, he presses the keys on the piano. Mm. And you might think it's quite random, but it's always the same key. And whenever he presses it, Lieutenant Elliot asks, uh, what time did you arrive at the house? So it's not really random. It's sort of a cue for him to ask questions and that like the first time I saw Knives Out that went over my head completely and then I sort of noticed it the second time because I think and then I read up on it and I think originally like in the writing stage it was going to be that he was sat behind him and he would kick the back of his chair Mm. but then when they arrived at the sort of location they were shooting that scene in they realised the piano was there so they could use that to their advantage but i just think that's a it's just a fun little detail isn't it it is yeah all right should we talk about i think we can go into more details like that in a second but i want to talk about the i think the sort of the expectation subversion of the film as a whole Mm. because it's not like Going into the film, you would assume that it would play out similar to like an Agatha Christie, like Murder on the Orient Express type thing yeah. or type film, which is a massive generalisation. But and it actually it 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 tells you what happens about twenty minutes into the film, mm. and I just love the way that it's that's such a massive risk. And it pays off so well. And I just thought it was just a different experience, I think, than a typical film of that genre would give. Mm. Yeah, massively. It's massively subversive. Like the the twist, uh, so what would you say is 25 minutes in? Mm. Where the, you reveal what actually happened. And, you know, and then the rest of the film is like, after that moment you think when you first see it anyway you're like oh what's gonna happen now like 
Yeah. And it sort of like subverts that really well and sort of um the whole thing about who's gonna get the inheritance and stuff and everything like that. Yeah. And then down at the end when it's a big confrontation and everything's revealed. It's yeah. Well, it's well handled. Like you knew the the mystery would be solved anyway. But it's yeah. done with like a nice little twist and then you move on to sort of more a meatier subject, which is like what's gonna to happen to Martin yeah. now because obviously her and her family are in the in the film illegal immigrants. What's gonna to happen to them? And there's sort of a bit of a political comment there which I quite like, but like what's gonna to happen to them? What you know, what's the family what does the family want, you know? They want mm-hmm. the inheritance, but he's giving it to Martin. You know, it's it's just, you know, the conflict in there and how yeah. it's nice. And it also sort of sets up like even before the scene where it reveals what happens, which is quite early in the film, it sort of sets mm. up p- different motives. Yeah. So for Ransom, which is Chris Evans' character, it's, he gets removed from the will. Mm. For Michael Shannon's character, he gets fired from the publishing company. Tony Collette's character has yeah. revealed that she's been taking money, not just for her daughter's tuition or something. Yeah, and yeah. then Don Johnson, like, it's revealed that he's having an affair, yeah. and Harlan knows about it. So everyone's sort of, got a motive, essentially. Yeah, it sets up yeah. all these motives. And then I like, I think there's a thing uh, Lieutenant Elliot says mm. when we, after we hear all of these motives, and he just says... They're weak motives, mm. and that sort of from there we should have known that it wasn't going to play out like we assumed it would. Mm. Like it's a nice little nod to how the film is going to play out before it actually does. But yeah, I do think like if you told someone going into it that you're going to find out exactly how he dies twenty minutes into the film people would be like um what Mm. but it is it's done in a way that still makes it intriguing and it like builds anticipation in another way yeah which i liked uh would you i know you're a big fan of looper and it's hard to compare but Mm. would you say this is his best film yes hands down nice i mean looper is a very different film Mm. but also i think this is better written better better not that looper isn't badly not that looper is badly written Mm. it's just that this the characters in this there's a lot more meat to them yeah in looper like it's interesting it's more about a concept and stuff rather than i don't really feel drawn to any character really but it's more like in this i do they're much more interesting and it's there's a lot of nice balance between drama and humor and mystery mm-hmm. and so many things like it's so well written it's probably like one of the best written films in years like yeah i agree i think of the i think he's done five feature films mm. and i think i've seen four but of the four <laughs> i've seen it's definitely the best i would say but then again yeah. i think of the ones i've seen They've all been quite good. Yeah. Even Last Jedi was quite well written in places. Yeah. Like, initially, I didn't enjoy The Last Jedi. Mm. 
but then after rewatching it, I saw I appreciated it more. Yeah. So I think he's got a very good track record. This is Ryan Johnson because his I think his first film was called Brick. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. And then he did another one with Adrian Brody, which I haven't seen. So and Mark Ruffalo, which I can't comment on because I've not seen it. Mm. But of the four I've seen, they've been good, and I enjoyed them. And I would, but I would say that this is his best film. Mm, should definitely. should we talk about the little sort of details? Yeah. Is there anything you picked up throughout the film? Hmm. Or do you want me to go ahead? You can go first. Yeah. Let me just sort right. of get my notes. So I think shot wise i think the first shot of the film is the is on the mug it's been a few i think i watched it last week so it's Mm. been a while i think it's the mug that says my house my rules on it i think that's the first shot of the film i could be wrong but i think the first shot of the film was the house like a an establishing shot of the house it might be but it's it's one of the first shots yeah the the muggish film yeah yeah, and then the last shot of the film is Marta on the balcony with the mug that says "My house, my rules" on it, mm-hmm. looking down on all of the family. That is that shot is perfect. Mm. That shot is perfect as a sort of development of characters, and it's like it now puts Marta above them. Mm. And it's just great. I love it. I love it so much. I think the parallel of sort of one of the first shots of the film being on the mug that says my house, my rules. And then Mm. the ending shot also including the mug is quite a nice parallel, I would say. Have you got your notes? Yeah. So the one I really want to talk about is the confrontation in the room with all the knives. Yes. This is the bit where Chris Evans is sort of exposed and then he goes to take a knife off the sort of, what would you call it, a big wall of knives where there's a chain? Uh, Yeah, it's sort of like a a circle of knives. I think it's supposed to be a, I think uh, Trooper Wagner says that it's sort of, it's from one of his books. Yeah. And it's sort of a, a prop type thing or recreation of that. But it's just mm. a big chair with a circle with some knives in it. Yeah. And he takes one of the knives and tries to kill Martha. And there's a big dramatic slow motion sequence. And then mm. it, it reveals that it's just a dummy knife. And then yeah. <laughs> the reaction from Chris Evans is just, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets tackled. And I think that's just a really good moment of sort of tension. Where you're mm. like, oh my god, he's going to kill her. And then, oh no, that's another great sort of twist. I think like, yeah. after you've and had it, so many, just to pull the rug out from under people one more time, it's great. And it throws it back to the conversation that Harlan and Marta had about Ransom mm. just before he died. When he says that he can't tell the difference between a prop knife and a real one. Mm. And then it happens at the end. 
Yeah, nice foreshadowing. Yeah. Oh, this film, this film, man. <laughs> Layers. 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 Yeah. So, what would you? Is there anything else you want to say on directing or writing? Oh, I've got loads. Okay. I lit. I have sheets worth. Do you want me to rattle through them quickly? Yeah. And if and we'll you can comment on the end about yeah. any you found interesting. So I've done that one. Uh. So. Ooh. All right. Yes. The first time we see Ransom. Uh, I think one of the detectives calls him Hugh. Mm. And it's sort of, you don't really notice it. You don't think anything of it. And then you get the the whole, you did this, Hugh did this bit towards mm. the end. And it's like, oh yeah, his name's Hugh. That's <laughs> literally the first thing we, we learn about him when he appeared. And then you forget about it. And then it's this big penny drop moment. And it's just, oh, it's clever. There's loads of clever details like that. I'll try and do them quickly. Um, at the will reading with Yoda, when it's revealed that Marta is getting the entire inheritance, the house, the money, everything, um, it's it comes right after the scene where, so obviously, they find out Ransom has been removed, so they're all saying oh this could be the best thing that ever happened to you type thing and then ransom gets up and leaves whilst laughing and you just think that he's laughing because it's the exact thing that just happened to him mm-hmm. but then when marta leaves and goes to get in her car her car won't start so ransom leaving the will reading early is actually him going to tamper with her car to, uh, ins- yeah. to ensure that she gets in his car so then he can get her to tell him what happened mm. and that's a fun i missed that completely the first time i thought he was just being a dick and laughing yeah. and leaving but then i realized i was like that is clever um oh what else forgot what else forgot i've got loads i did like how harlan actually cared for marta and her family like, this isn't really a detail. This is more of a sort of comment on a character. But, like, he immediately... Th- when he thinks he's been, you know... Poison- is poison the right word? Or just yeah. been given an overdose type thing? Oh, overdose poison, I think it's... He sort of immediately finds a plan to help clear her name and her family's name. And that's, I think that again, that sort of, that's in contrast to the entire family who, A, don't know what country she's from. Mm. And whenever they, whenever they first see Marta in the film, they all say, oh, so sorry, you couldn't have been at the, you couldn't have been at the funeral. Mm. I was outvoted. And the first time it seems sincere. But then everyone says it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, they actually don't care about her. Mm. that's just a nice little contrast to Harlan especially because in these types of stories the person who gets murdered is usually an arsehole that's a big generalisation but they're usually especially when they're a wealthy person they're usually a bit of a dick yeah the sort of person who makes enemies very yeah yeah whereas this I like the the contrast uh 
Right, I've got one more. Go for it. Right, it's sort of two in one. So it's the Linda, who is Jamie Lee Curtis's character. She says that her and her dad have a secret way of communicating early in the film. And again, you think it's one of those throwaway lines. But then hmm. the reveal of Richard's affair being on the blank, what we thought was a blank piece of paper, but actually has secret ink on it. Mm. I was like, yeah, that's their secret way of communicating. Yes, that's writing. That is writing. That is great writing. I was so excited when I realised, like, it just clicked. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then also on that sort of plot point, I liked the symbolism of the baseball. So it was Harlan's baseball. And he used to throw it up and down catch it have a great time with the baseball but then when Richard sneaks into his office to find the letter that Harlan wrote Linda and he finds out it's a blank piece of paper he sort of smiles and he picks up the baseball and chucks it out the window and then the dog plays with it I think Benoit Blanc picks it up and stuff but then at the end of the film Jamie Lee Curtis returns the baseball to her dad's office which is where she finds the letter which she then realizes is a secret ink scenario so i like the fact that the only reason she found out about the affair is because richard threw the baseball out the window and she had to return it if that makes sense yeah yeah there's loads of stuff like we could literally be here for an hour talking mm. about all the details but i won't i will let people find them for themselves but i think they're the main ones yeah and also it's worth mentioning that i think ryan johnson based Jaden martell's character sort of the alt-right troll off of sort of the trolls from the last jedi mm. it's like the fanboys who hated that you hate this <laughs> i think he based that character off them which i thought was quite fun yeah but yeah that's my big sort of there's loads but that was only a few i imagine but that does lead us oh you go on go on say something what oh i thought you were opening your mouth to speak right well should we move on then yeah do you want to give your scores yes so i gave directing a nine and i gave writing a nine Hmm. Is it is it more tens from you? No, I would go directing eight, mm. writing nine. Okay, that's fair. Right, so rewatchability. Ten. <laughs> that's fair. I gave that a nine. Yeah, I right. I just think it is, isn't it? Like mm. I this is like the third time I've watched it, mm. and it gets better every time. You know how usually with mystery films, if once you know the twist, um, it's steadily sort of over time if you watch it. Yeah. It's not as impactful. But this, there's so many things you see the second or third time around. Yeah, that's fair. What about you? Well, that's the thing. Like, so all of those sort of little details I just mentioned, I think I'm, I might have noticed one or two the first time I saw it when it came out. Hmm. 
but then I think that is the thing like 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 you pointed out the fact that it's mystery film you would assume that that would ruin the surprise or it would ruin the enjoyment but instead you notice more and more each time you watch it like I'm sure there's stuff that we've not noticed probably even after like multiple rewatches between yeah. us so I, I like the fact that it always has something you can go back to or it has mm. something a reason to watch it again to try and notice more oh ryan can i give my uh, quick fact you can give your quick fact is this the quick fact you told me the other day yeah it's a good fact in fairness yeah. ryan <laughs> can i just shock you you can again yeah so christopher Plummer in the film yeah uh, his mother is in the film which they call um oh what is it great 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 Anna. great nana great nana yeah and she's supposed to be playing christopher Plummer's mother mm. how old do you think christopher Plummer is well i know the answer all right and also, I knew it before, because there was the whole when he got nominated for an Oscar yeah. for all the money in the world. You you just take it away. So Christopher Plummer's 90, right? <laughs> Great age. Nothing <laughs> against the geezer. Um, and the the woman that is playing his mother is 86. I know, it's crazy. And they make her out to be like 100. <laughs> that is... <laughs> it's just insane. yeah. Also, he looks great for 90. I'll be he honest does, with you. Yeah. Oh, also, a detail that I've just remembered. Right. Which is to do with Great Nana. When um, you see Marta climb down the trellis, and then um, you see her in the window at the bottom, mm. and she says, Ransom, you're back again. You're back again. Like, mm. You don't think anything of the again. And then it plays out at the end that he had to climb up and down to go and swap the labels or whatever he did to go mm. and put the bottles back or something. Yeah. Like, and the again is just a little, little indicator halfway mm. through the film or early in the film, actually, that he went up there before Marta did mm. and it's like yes yes that's such a fun fun detail a fun detail right out of 10 for as the, the general score out of 10 what are you giving it oh um I will give it a 9 out of 10 okay I also gave it a 9 out of 10 so let me just add up the scores. Oh, Ryan, so, can I get to say what are the scores on the doors? I mean, if you... Ryan, use, what are the scores on the doors? Well, Brett, the scores on the doors are still being worked out. So... <laughs> Am I just supposed to fill for two minutes? Oh, no, I've done it. Okay. Math, maths, under pressure maths. Yeah. I won't have to break into my standard routine then, that's good. No, oh, yeah. I mean... Oh, no, I, I haven't worked out the scores, Brett. Oh, no. Maybe you should you should perform the stand-up routine that you just mentioned. Go on. All right. 
So, uh, guys, uh, why did the chicken cross the road? Bet you don't know the answer. <laughs> I don't know. What is the? Why did the chicken cross the road, Brett? I don't know. Let's just move on. <laughs> That's great comedy. It's great comedy. Yeah. You're not getting. You're not getting that anywhere else, are you? No, and you shouldn't get that anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. A quick recap for acting. Brett gave it a ten. I believe the first ten in the series. Woo. I gave it an eight for directing. I gave it a nine. Brett gave it an eight for writing. We both gave it a nine for rewatchability. I gave it a nine. Brett gave it a ten. We both gave it a nine out of ten general score, which means that providing my maths is correct. My score out of 50 is 44. And Brett's score out of 50 is 46, which would mean we have a new leader at the top with a score of 90 out of 100 racing into the lead. It is knives out. Boom. Boom. Boom, boom, shake the room. No, no, (laughs) no. All right. If there was anything to ruin the 90 out of 100, it might have been that. There we go. Had to do it at some point, but I did it. Hey, it wouldn't be an on-screen episode without one of us Messing saying up. <laughs> something that would ruin it. Right. Yeah. Is that is that the end? Follow us you... on social media. If you want. At onscreenpod on Instagram. And... Our personal social medias will be in the podcast description. So read it and follow us if you wish. Look out for my bonus episode, which will be out in a few days, I imagine. It's on a film, which I can't say now because we haven't recorded it yet. Bye. Bye, guys.